0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Capricorn Radio TV. This is your host, James, and I'm super excited about today's guest. We have this one booked in for a while, and I've been thinking about this one for a while as well. Uh, we're going to be talking to David M. Jacobs. He is a doctor and associate professor of history at Temple University, specialized in 20th century American history and culture. However, he began researching and the controversy over unidentified flying objects in America in the 60s, and he's amassed over 35 years of primary research data and analytical hypothesis on the subject. Dr. Jacobs has written and developed many articles, papers and addresses on the subject of UFO abduction and has been a consultant to the major UFO organizations. In recent years he's concentrated on ascertaining the proper methodological techniques for the hypnosis and therapy of abductees. Uh, If you want to check out his website uh, along with the show it's ufoabduction.com and uh, He's got several books. Uh, I think we'll probably concentrate on walking among us today, uh, The Alien Path to Control Humanity. Um, uh, And I'm going to get the lovely esteemed guest to give us the rest of his biography. So, without further ado, let's bring on a guest. Hi, David. First of all, you're very welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, James.
0: Uh, Great to have you here. And uh, just in a little chat on the prelude there, uh, you know, I love historians, I love engineers, and I love scientists, and I love historians who delve into other subjects. Um, I, I kind of do that myself, and I, I just think you, you you bring one skill set from another genre into, and I think that's like a fresh mindscape uh, to, you know, to delve into subjects. It's analytical, it's research, it's, tell me a bit about the histo- historian in you. Uh, I'm always fascinated with historians.
1: Well. Um there are two things that uh, most people think they can do. Mm. Number one is paint abstract expressionist art. And number two, write history. <laughs> Neither of those are, are doable just because you want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, historians spend uh, in the United States more time in graduate school uh, finishing their, their PhDs uh, than almost any other uh, fields. Uh, we, uh, I it took me seven years to get my PhD in 1973, and that was the average seven years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, during that time, you learn that uh, how the proper met- methods of investigation, the proper methods of analysis, uh, proper is is a loose word, but also you you learn that um, uh, in history. Uh, there's an awful lot of things that happen in history. <laughs> if you could, it's, it's, let's just say, endless. And um, so what you have to do is you have to understand what's important and what's not important when you're writing about something. Now, that is somewhat of a subjective judgment in many uh, cases, what is not important, what you're not going to include, what you're not going to have part of your ideas and so mm-hmm. forth. And uh, other people may take issue with that. So you try to guard against that, and you guard against that by understanding um, where you live. I live in the United States. I might think about things differently than they do in the UK or Ireland or wherever. Uh, I I am um, uh, a male and not a female. I'm white. Uh, you know, I'm uh, there. There's a whole. I, I lived in in on the West Coast and then in the Midwest, and now I'm on the East Coast. There's a whole bunch of. There's more factors than that that come into this for you to start making decisions about things, and um, you learn how to do that in graduate school, uh, as opposed to just taking everything at face value, and, and, uh, and that's good for the abduction phenomenon, uh, because uh, in, with the abduction phenomenon, you're dealing with something that is um, either in, in, totally insane or happening. It's either a construct of people's minds, or it's happening. It's not like the UFO phenomenon where there's a middle ground of people being mistaken. They say they see something, other people see it, it's odd, it's strange, it's amazing, it's a flying saucer, investigators come in and find out actually it was a plane. Everybody saw something, but they were mistaken. With abductions, it's mental or it's physical. There's nothing. There's no mistakes. Uh, you're, it's all being derived from your own mind, or it's actually happening. Now, the problem with abductions, and the problem for historians, or for the problem for anybody who does serious abduction research, is people are forget what has happened to them immediately after the abduction. Not all people, some people have bleed through memories where they know something strange has been going on. Those are the ones we see, because the other ones have no knowledge of what's going on with them. The problem with the evidence is, if you were to read a bio- an autobiography by a historical figure, uh, 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 let's say it's by uh, 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 Martin, by a historical figure it doesn't matter um, When they write their autobiography they tend to put themselves in a fairly good light That's true. You know what I mean they're, they're not out to to uh, uh, say mea culpa they're not They're 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 out to, to Give their own point of view of what, what has happened uh, with abductions you have a similar kind of situation, only very different, if I might use those two concepts in one sentence. Uh, In that, when people start uh, remembering what happened to them, they're almost always wrong. They may be wrong in, in simply remembering it correctly, they may be wrong in the fact that it's mixed up with dream material or other mental material in their minds. They may be wrong in the way in which uh, things uh, uh, have happened. They may be wrong in the way they heard uh, uh, people talking to them or beings talking to them. There's an awful lot of ways you can be wrong and it's up to the uh, uh, um, well, to the researcher to figure out what's right and what's wrong, to figure out uh, um, exactly what is going on, and, uh, and like that. Now, we, regardless of that, that idea of having to understand what the abductees are saying, is the fact that you are still dealing with memory, human memory, of which I, can, I confess now, I have none. Human memory with, uh, retrieved through hypnosis with all its attendant problems mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, administered by amateurs, like let's just say me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, therefore, what you get is a sort of, uh, from the earliest time on, uh, a mm-hmm. mishmash of things that had happened. Everybody knew that they had been abducted, but no, but, but there was no concept of, uh, of putting things together for most people. Most researchers simply took everything at face value and said that's what happened. That's a fatal error, to use an ancient uh, computer uh, f- phrase, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you can't do that. So, so doing abduction research is a little bit similar to doing historical research. But in a way, it's more difficult because you're learning everything on the fly. There's no, uh, there's no studies in hypnosis, an uh, abduction hypnosis. There's no methodology involved with it that way that has been standardized. That will be my next book, I hope. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody's sort of on their own. Uh, and uh, so it's difficult and, and you have to be very, very careful with what you hear.
0: Wow, it sounds like you have a very balanced uh, uh, methodology to tackle this problem. Um,
1: well, if you keep asking fair. me questions, if you keep asking me questions, you'll realize how unbalanced I actually am.
0: <laughs> um, but the mindset, the mindset of historians, and and when I when I say that, I, I like that because you, you know you they say that the history is uh, written by the victors and i understand that whole idea that you know it does a judgment involved but you do sound like you have at least tried to not be judgmental i know there's i know it's it's very hard you everybody judges something in the world everybody judges a problem or everybody has to make some sort of a judgment it, it, to say somebody's not judgmental everybody's judgmental but it's it's whether that's your primary motive or not you know that's that's the that's the segregation. well
1: that's a good that's a good word to use. You have to judge whether it's mental mm. or not.
0: Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's judgmental in If you split that word into two, and suddenly it becomes uh, important for abduction research. Sure. Now, the abduction phenomenon has two other major aspects to it that are uh, 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 basically incontrovertible. Uh, and that is, uh, well, it has three aspects. Number one, it's global. Mm. I have people in Walking Among Us, I, uh, I have one person from Ireland, in fact, wow. I, I'm only using 14 abductees and one's from Ireland. Uh, um, I have one from Australia, I have one, uh, the rest from, well, it's from all over the world, it's global. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get email every day from people from other countries who f- stumbled on my website, fill out my questionnaire, and, uh, and uh, they're from all the continents, <laughs> if I could just put it that way. They're from all the continents. And uh, uh, so it's a global phenomenon that's of critical importance. Sure, sure. Number two, the reason a person is an abductee is because their mother or his mother or her, her mother's case maybe, uh, or father was an abductee. And the reason they were abductees is because one of their parents or both were abductees and so forth. Mm -hmm. in that way we can make a sort of judgment as to how long this phenomenon has been going on Mm -hmm. uh and it's been uh, we can make a judgment that it has been on around for at least a hundred years uh and maybe maybe going goes into the last quarter of the 19th century after that evidence for it really Drops off uh, the the landscape, uh, drops off the edge of the world, so to speak. Um, So, so we know that that it's been going on for a while, and the reason we know it is because um, I once read a letter to uh, a UFO organization. This is when I was writing my uh, dissertation, I was doing research trips, Mm -hmm. and the letter was of a guy who was um, uh, who was an elderly person and. This happened when he was 11 years old in 1917, and he just thought that <clears throat> the people who had this UFO organization would like to know this story. He was 11 years old, he was in the back of his grandparents' house, uh, and they were, as his mother and father were visiting him, and uh, he came across a, a, a silver, a, a metallic disc on the ground. And uh, in front of him, it was in a stand of trees, and. Um, there were little people, as he said, uh, uh, who were uh, looking at him. So, he turned around and he ran, and he ran back to the, uh, to the house. The little guys ran after him, they didn't catch him, and he got back in, and that was a that was story. That was, that was, he thought they might, might want to know, and that was 1917. This is an abduction account, having looked at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of abduction accounts. This is a situation where he remembers a. If the abduction phenomenon goes from A to Z, he remembers A, then he remembers a little bit of Z. All the rest in the middle is gone. Wow! This wow. is it's typical. This is typical stuff. Gray aliens don't run after people. It's not going to happen. The environment and the person is controlled upon sight. Uh, and uh, that was 1917. Now. Uh, my colleague, uh, a, a famous person in abduction research, uh, now deceased, Bud Hopkins, investigated a case uh, that happened in the nineteen twenties, and I investigated two cases that happened in the nineteen thirties, and uh, many, many cases that happened in the nineteen forties, uh, and, and all the way up to the present day. Obviously, that means. So, what that means is that it's 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 a certain there's a certain amount of Temporal quality to this. It's been going on for a while. Mm, mm. Uh, there's no evidence it was going on in the year 5,000 BC or, or zero or whatever. There's there, there's there's it's but, but there is speculation.
0: It, a lot of speculation, but no. I, I, I there's
1: it. no real evidence for it. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, and when I say uh, last quarter of the 19th century, I'm basing this on family history stories. On mm-hmm. uh, people told me about their great-great-grandfather who had some odd thing happen to them. And these were abductees who were telling me this. So, but still, it's, it's, it's speculation for that part. So, um, when a person is an abductee, they are abducted over and over and over again from the time of early childhood. It continues all the way through adolescence and, 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 and adulthood, and uh, in, but, and we think it stops somewhere in, when in, in old age, maybe 75, maybe 80, something like that, because we don't see as many older people on board a UFO uh, when other people are describing other, other, other abductees who are there with them. Uh, we don't see very old people, but we do see older people, not very old. So we think it stops some time. So what you have is a phenomenon that is ongoing constantly, has been around for a long time, and is global. Those things have remained absolutely ironclad true uh, for many, many years now uh, that we've known about this. and. Um, That brings up all sorts of very, very serious questions about what this phenomenon is all about.
0: You alluded to a couple of things and it kind of leads me into my next question, which is good. Um, Let's talk about the parameters, because there seems to be, like you said, like everybody remembers the A and everybody remembers the Z, but the bit in the middle is fuzzy or hazy or just not there. there seems to be a lot of parameters that are inherent in every abduction case. So maybe the telepathy, uh, where they're being controlled by uh, other entities, um, the, te- the telepathic control of them, and their in either inability to move or whatever. Um, uh, the primary motives, kind of, our motives, uh, seem to be kind of repeating as well. Uh, avoid being abducted so uh, I'm trying to speak in a general case about uh, overall so tell us about abductees and uh, and their testimony and maybe talk about some of those parameters or maybe give us a list to show that there's something like a pattern I'm always uh, looking for patterns and recognition so it kinda gives the whole research more credibility when you see the same parameters popping up time and time again
1: Absolutely. Without the, without the same uh, accounts going on from, uh, uh, from people from their various walks of life, people who are, uh, p- people have come to me who are psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, medical professionals, therapists, scientists, university prof- maybe I said the university professor, but, but the fact is so that uh, also people who have dropped out of school in uh, third grade or whatever, uh, you know, and people can't hold a job, whatever. They all say the same thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, nothing matters in their lives. Uh, uh, where they were born, what they did, how smart they are, how unsmart they are, how uh, how uh, nothing matters. They all say the same thing. Some years back, I remember. Sitting in, uh, uh, behind me, there's another room with a, with a little day bed and a, a chair that I sit in and put my feet up on a radiator and I do, and there's a person who comes in and, and lays down, uh, you know, and, and all that and do a hypnosis with abductees. What went on through my mind in person after person, session after session, over and over and over again, there was one thing that went through my mind. Stay awake, stay awake. Don't fall, don't fall asleep. Stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. While they are telling me the most astounding stories in the history of humankind, and I, 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 I'm trying to stay awake <laughs> because everybody says the same thing. I've heard uh, these similar accounts hundreds of times. I am not exaggerating. And, um, and of course, I'm very relaxed myself because I just do simple relaxation techniques. People are not in a trance. They're, they, you know, I'm not convincing them that they're a teapot or something like that. <laughs> uh, and uh, they're, just, uh, uh, they're just remembering what happened to them. And um, sometimes somebody will say something and I'll think about that and I say, oh, that's interesting. And I'll think really hard about it, really, really hard, and then I realize, I'm dreaming. I have fallen asleep, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> and I had to wake myself up. And what happens next? You know. Uh, so, uh, but that soporific affect, uh, uh, that that soporific effect, uh, that soporific quality is extremely important. It is sleep-inducing because everybody says the same thing in the same detail, with mm. talking about the same instruments. Doing, this, doing the same procedures regardless of, uh, of who they are. And I would say 90% of it mm-hmm. has not been in popular culture. They can't pick it up from popular culture. It is possible that they read my book, Secret Life and Then the Threat, uh, uh, it's possible that they did that. Some have read them, most haven't. Mm. Some have read them and they say things that are different that's in my book because there's been a lot of years since I wrote that book and it came out in 98. Mm-hmm. So um, all of them have two, two things that, they, that they're worried about. They don't want me to put things in their mind because they think that I can do that with hypnosis, that I can make them think that they're a robot or something. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to pick up things in popular culture that they just parrot back to me as if it happened to them. They are all aware of that. <laughs> That's, they're all aware of that. They don't know all the ins and outs of the other things that they, that they should be aware of, but, but that, they're all aware of that. They know about that. Um, and so, so they're, they're careful when, 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 when I'm asking them questions. They're careful about what, I, what I'm asking and how they're gonna answer it. And sometimes they don't wanna answer it and they just don't, and, but, but the fact is is that they're not in some sort of dreamland. Sometimes I'm in a dreamland, but they're not. Now, without patterns, you have nothing. Without patterns, we would not be talking. Yeah. It would be idiosyncratic. If a person spent the first seven years or nine years of his life in a closet, that might have an effect on their ability to think properly. You know what I mean? Their accounts would be different than other people's accounts. uh, you'd think that different accounts would come about because of different religions or different uh, upbringings or different or, or whatever. It does not matter. They all say the same thing, which drives me forward. Now, how many times is a person abducted in their life, you say? Which you haven't said. No. Uh, <laughs> but um, Let's just say a person is only abducted five times a year and most abductees would give their left arm to be abducted only five times a year. That is not, that does not happen. That is just, I just don't find that. Mm -hmm. But let's just say it's only five times a year and they're 45 years old and they come to me, how many times is like, that's over 200 times. Mm -hmm. I no that's yeah. 200 times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 200 times. It's it's crazy. That is not possible. No one has been abducted only 200 times. They're abducted over and over and over again throughout the course of their life, and this is a clandestine program. It is secret, and the way in which you keep it secret is you keep it secret from the person who is being abducted, even though it is going on over and over and over again.
0: Let's fast fast forward, David, uh, and then we'll come back again. I mean, I'm gonna jump a little bit here. Um, Is it it just right to say that their abductions are because of genetic manipulation, hybridization? Is that the prime, is it right to say there's only one primary goal, or is there a multitude?
1: There was one primary goal, and the, the goal that we see, but we do not understand why, but the goal that we see is the production of hybrids. That is to say, combinations of humans and aliens. We understood that there was a reproductive quality to the phenomenon from the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. very first case ever discovered in 1957 in Brazil, the Antonio villas Boas case, mm-hmm. uh, had him having uh, sexual relations with a female who looked pretty human uh, against his will he was sort of disgusted by it all but but he couldn't help it then there was the Barney and Betty Hill case in 1961 in the United States where Barney reported having sperm taken from her, taken from him mm-hmm. and thank God he was so embarrassed by it that when the book was written about their experiences called The Interrupted Journey, he had the author take that part out. So nobody, no guy could then say, well, you know, the, uh, the, I, I must have picked it up from reading the Barney and Betty Hill book. Uh, nobody knew that. <laughs> gotcha. um, and Betty had what she said, was they, they told her was a pregnancy test that's almost certainly not true. There is no such thing as a pregnancy test in this phenomenon. And they wouldn't tell her that. Um, But that's her mind derived that when they injected a needle into her navel. uh, And they probably, we've seen that procedure many times, it's probably uh, just heading towards an ovary to take out follicles. And after that, uh, they take sperm and eggs, they they put them together, and they do something with that zygote or gamete. Mm. They add, and I'm going to guess here, alien DNA. I don't know if aliens have DNA. But they add something from the aliens to this gamete. It's then reinserted into a woman, or inserted into a woman, and allowed to gestate for about 9 to 11 weeks. at that time, it is uh, taken out because of, uh, uh, it be- that's when they begin to show, they, they realize, my God, I, I really am pregnant, but I haven't had sex for 11 years. Therefore, I can't be pregnant. But, oh, but when they start to show they've lost their periods uh, and they begin to show all the other signs they're pregnant, that can't be allowed. Because if that is allowed, they will have an abortion and have it removed, period. It's just... it's. It's too bizarre. It's crazy. It's it's nutty. They can't be pregnant. It is not possible. For some people it is, but it's removed anyway. Uh, so, secrecy is the word, and they think to themselves, oh, it was just some sort of, uh, I don't know, some mental scare, I just, I must have been nervous or something, and that's what happened to me, you know, and I didn't have my period. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, though, that, that, uh, all women undergo this. Uh, now I say all because uh, I, I'm assuming that they're abducted uh, before, if they have their ovaries removed for cancer or something like that. The phenomenon keeps on going. They have other, they, they do other tasks. They have other procedures that they do for these these people. Uh, but um, so we knew that there was this reproductive uh, aspect. In the early 1990s, my friend Bud Hopkins called me up and he said, David, i got the most amazing case, the most amazing case ever. I've never heard of a case like this, it's just astounding. Maybe this is the late 80s, I can't even exactly remember. And um, I said, what was it? And he said, well, uh, um, this uh, woman I'm working with, who, who I knew, um, she said that they took her into a room and uh, there was a, a, a weird looking alien standing there uh, holding a baby. I said, a, a baby? What do you mean, a, a baby? Sure. He said, yeah, it was a, a, it was a weird-looking baby. It was a strange-looking baby. It was it looked sort of like a cross between a human and an alien. It was weird-looking. I said, well, huh? And then he said, and not only that, but they wanted her to hold the baby. I said, hold the baby? Well, what for? You know, what, what do you mean, hold the baby? What, well, why? Mm-hmm. He said, not only that, but they wanted her to feed the baby. And my my brain was saying, feed the baby. That's she's did she tell them she's not lactating? She's not pregnant. She's not married. She's not. You can't just feed the baby. That's not the way it works. He said yes, yes, but they forced her to to push the baby uh, up to her breast anyway, even though she told them she can't do that. They said that's okay. Just and then they they put the breast the baby up to the the breast. And I thought to myself after Bud telling me that that we will never be able to understand an aliens mind because they value form over function mm. they want her to put the baby up as if she can feed the baby that's the form but there's no function there's no milk there's no, she can't feed the baby gotcha, gotcha that was wrong they've already stimulated lactation know I, mean, I know the procedures that go, that happen and 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 we and as soon as I when I ask a woman how her breasts feel when she gets off a table, I've asked her how different things feel and it's just one of them. And they say, well, they feel kind of heavy. I know she's gonna feed a baby, whether she knows it or not. Mm-hmm. She just not hasn't remembered that, you know. Um, now, I'm obviously not gonna tell her that. I just go along and say, what happens next? Uh, but the fact is that uh, we see them as babies, as toddlers, as young, older children, as young adults, I'm sorry, as adolescents, as young adults, as uh, uh, regular adults, but not as older adults, very much like abductees, not as older adults. Uh, And so not past 60 or so. Uh, This is universal, universal. Mm -hmm. All people have these procedures. They all do, everybody does. This is a hybridization phenomenon. It's a lot more than that. But the main course that we see here is the production of hybrids. So, there's different forms of hybrids. There's ones who look really alien, and there's ones who look really human, and there's ones in the middle too. Depending on how hybridized they are, Mm. uh, the the level of hybridization directs which tasks they will have Mm. as they get older. They age at the same rate, essentially, we think for the uh, more human ones, as humans do. Wow.
0: There's so much in that there, um, David. I'm just thinking, you know, obviously then um, having multiple visitations will explain um, if it was a purely genetic breeding program, obviously to have that bonding with a child or the nurturing or the 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 feeding of the baby it's going to have to be multiple visits if it's if it is if that would explain why there's not just one visit i mean if it was just taking an egg if it was just taking an egg and having a test tube baby somewhere you know it's not as simple as that it, it this seems to be a very detailed uh, well
1: there's it's yeah there's more that goes with it when that when the babies when the babies grow up uh it's up to abductees to start teaching them about life on earth And uh, so, for example, in a a previous book I wrote, The Thread, I talked about, for example, uh, a woman uh, stood in front of a group of hybrid children, and there was images on the screen. And the images, um, uh, for example, there was an image of a dog. And the kids would ask, what is a dog for? And she would say, well, for companionship and affection and this and that. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win
0: and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play
1: for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and uh, then the next picture would be for a, of a goat. What is a goat for well uh milk and uh, well do you do you eat goats she said no i don't eat goats i'm a vegetarian but some people eat goats and uh, you know and uh, um, and they might ask that same question of a dog do you eat dogs you know uh, and and things like that so they start learning about what's on earth and and what things are from abductees and most abductees uh do that sort of thing uh, and, 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 and more so as they get older and, and, and so on and so forth. Now, in the threat, one of the things I uncovered was mm-hmm. that they would have a situation whereby, and this is leading into this next book,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. they would have a situation where abductees would be in a situation whereby uh, they would uh, be taken into a room and there would be an image on a screen-like device on the wall. And it's this is an actual uh, uh, event. A woman looks up, and it's a uh, it's a picnic. People are at a park. They were throwing a ball around. They were uh, they were they were grilling uh, barbecues. Uh, you know they, they they were there. There was tables set up. They were talking. It was just a regular picnic. And, Tele- telepathically, and all communication is telepathic. Uh, I shouldn't say all. Most communication with uh, is telepathic, uh, with some exceptions. Telepathically, uh, the woman hears, can you tell the difference between us and you? She looks at the screen. She doesn't understand the question. says, what do you mean, tell the difference between us and you? Everybody looks the same. Everybody, huh? There is no. What are you talking about? You know, it's just, it's just people having a picnic. And the the answer then is, see, isn't that wonderful? Soon we will all be together. Soon everyone will be happy. Soon everyone will know his place. Wow! Boy. It's going to be wonderful. One case means nothing. Another person began to talk about. Soon there's going to be a change. They keep saying there's going to be a change. The change—it was going to come. The change is going to come, soon, soon. So I asked them, "Well, what do you think they mean by soon? Do they mean a million years from now? Do they mean tomorrow? Though somewhere, somewhere in between? You know, nobody knew. Nobody knew. They—they uh, they weren't saying that. It's important there because if this were psychological, they'd make up some a number. Why not? Yeah. Within yeah. the next 500 years or whatever. But then, then nobody knew. Uh, so It's like there's a conscious effort on the
0: other parties saying soon this is, they're, they're, they're having a conscious effort to do something and they're speaking about it as soon this is going to come into effect. Soon this is going to become a, a new. Soon event.
1: we will all be together. You and us. Mm. Hybrids, in mm. other words, who look human. So, okay, so um, in 2003, I heard a story that I'd never heard before, caught my attention. Some guy said, this is about the fourth session we had, and I never charge money for this, and people can come as many times as they want, or they can just come once if they want, it doesn't matter. Um, But he said that he, on the fourth session, he said, you know, I remember, uh, I have a friend, I have a friend, who who, I, who, I, uh, who I'm with a lot. I said, oh, uh, uh, okay. Turns out this friend is his best friend. Doesn't know his friend's real name. He calls him Eric. Doesn't know if he has a last name. Doesn't know where he's from. Doesn't know what his job is, if he has a job. Doesn't know where he goes at night. Doesn't know anything about him. But he's his best friend. And they've been everywhere. They went to uh, uh, a baseball game here in the States, to my astonishment. They've been to restaurants. They went on fishing trips. They've been to different countries, uh, this and that. He talks with this guy all the time, including just before he would come to my uh, house for a session, whereas his friend would tell him not to do that. That's not good. That's bad. Don't do that. But he would come anyway. Um, And... uh, That's one account Mm. that goes on the back burner, waiting for people to validate that because it's something so strange. I've I've got a lot of stuff about hybrids and the threat, and I knew uh, uh, there's different kinds of hybrids and knew what kind of stuff they did, but nothing like this. Mm. Then a while later, somebody else begins to talk about things like that. Then another one. Then another one. Then another one, and then I realize. In my corner of southeastern Pennsylvania, the change is happening now. And consequently, uh, what the book Walking Among Us uh, uh, is about is the fact that People have asked me questions over the years. Do you think they're living among us? Do you think they're walking among us? You know, I, I I knew a guy who was really weird. He was tall. He was he he had a weird nose, and he and he was kind of screwed up in his head. Uh, maybe he was a hybrid and all that. I loved that question. It was my favorite question to answer. I mm-hmm. loved it because mm-hmm. I got to say absolutely not. There's no evidence whatsoever that they are walking among us. Mm-hmm. I felt sane then. I felt good because I could say no in this area of total insanity, mm-hmm. you know, of this area of abductions that, that cannot possibly be happening. But now it's my least favorite question. I dread that question because I have to say yes. And I don't want to say yes because it makes me sound like an idiot. But I. I have to go as a good historian where the evidence has led me and it has led me to that. As, and if, if you read it reading uh, Walking Among Us, you'll understand what the job is for abductees uh, uh, in terms of how are they going to teach young adults who are moving into the society, how they teach them, even though they've had a lifetime of teaching about this, that and the other thing on earth. These beings, who I call hubrids, who are the ones who are human in every conceivable way except neurologically. Mm-hmm. They can control us and we cannot control them. Uh, but hybrids, for example, are when they're removed from uh, uh, a woman's uterus or, or wherever, they are then put into uh, tanks, like glass tanks filled with liquid nutrients where they mm-hmm. gestate. Uh, for several more months. They're then removed, and then they start to grow normally. They don't have a birthday. (laughs) They don't know how old they are. They don't have parents. They don't know anything about families or parents. They don't have brothers and sisters that they know of. I mean, they probably do, but they don't know them. They don't know what a family is altogether. They have not sat in a high chair and been fed by their mother or father in the kitchen where there's a television where there's plates and and forks and knives and things like that and a refrigerator mm-hmm. so when the kid get gets older he doesn't ask mommy what's that pointing to the refrigerator the fridge they they don't do that they, they know automatically because they've seen it all their lives with these young adults uh they even though they know a lot it's only a small fraction of what life is like on Earth. They have no knowledge of anything, basically. So abductees have to start teaching them what life is like on Earth from the time that they are destined to live here. Like ten-year-olds who are brought down to a person's house or apartment, house or flat, and 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 uh, and she teaches them what a refrigerator is, for example, uh, an abductee might. Uh, but when they're older, they have to be taught how to drive, they have to be taught what, what's, what the word stop means, they have to be taught um, uh, uh, how to go shopping, when, when they go up to a cash register after to make a purchase, and the person behind the cash register says, hi, how are you doing, or hi, uh, you know, or, uh, how are you, or something like that, they can't just stand there in silence, mm-hmm. they have to respond. Uh, and so it, that all has to be taught by abductees, and so what this book is about is hybrids moving in and then being taught how to be more human than they have ever been before, and how to finally step out into society and be average
0: to blend, to blend. in, in a way
1: to blend. That's the word they use. They want to blend in.
0: David, David, let's give you the loaded question: Is the inevitable? Um, result uh, from uh, uh, the other entities to replace humans with hybrids is that the is that the end game? All We'd I mean, t- all humans.
1: Thank you for that question. It's a good question. Um, we don't know why they are doing this. I'm calling it because it is global in nature, mm. and that's the part people forget. They think it's just happening to them. They they don't realize how widespread this phenomenon is. The abduction phenomenon is the UFO phenomenon. um, That we don't know why they are doing it to this planet. You have to start to think large now. Why this is going on, we don't know whether this is planetary acquisition, which I think it is. We don't know whether they are going to replace humans, which I think indeed is probably what's going to happen in some way or another. But we really don't know, we don't know the whys of all this, and I can't tell you the end game of it either. Uh, abductees have said that that all humans will not be replaced, that there will be a breeding population left intact eventually. But here's the situation. <laughs> yeah. If a person is an abductee because their mother or their father or both were abductees, and they have two kids, or if they have 12 kids, all those kids are going to be abductees. Usually, they marry somebody who's not an abductee. Because they're not going to get married. They say, well, I can't get married to an abductee. You know, they, They're not going to do that. That's not, it's not the way people get married. And so, uh, usually they just married because, out of love. And, and, person, and we know that most people are not abductees. So, they get married to a person who's not an abductee. And all the kids will be abductees. In a way, it sort of spreads out the abduction phenomenon. I think. Sure.
0: Sure.
1: But it certainly does one thing: it keeps pace with the growing, expanding population of humans. Mm. Mm. Therefore, they need more UFOs and more gray aliens who are who are hybrids themselves, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I can go into that if, if you want. But that's the fact that's is, that's they that's need that's larger and larger workforces mm. Mm. because there's more and more people on Earth. Sure. Yeah. So um, you get a uh, spreading out. The big question is then, in what group, uh, I know there's several uh,
0: alien species out there. Um, are we saying this is down to one group and one group only, or is there a mixture of groups in, uh, at play here?
1: Okay. In terms of the abduction phenomenon, we are dealing with one group and one group only, and that is the group that's on board, which includes ones who look insect-like, who I call insectolins who are the ones in charge. They are the ones who give orders. Everybody else, everybody else takes orders. They give orders, they don't take orders. Uh, they don't come down and get people. They don't abduct people. The gray aliens or hybrids abduct people. Uh, there's ones who looked sort of reptilian and that's there's, there's a widespread sense of what that is and how. Uh, they are basically workers and if you want I can go into why they're there, but a lot of people think that they're in charge and they're horrible and they're terrible and this and that. Mm. It's actually, it's it's not uncommon for people to say that there are some reptilians around, but it is not the standard. The standard is gray aliens and the, and the insect-like ones and every once in a while, some people will say, "Oh, this one looks reptil- like a reptilian, like a snake or an alligator, or whatever," and um, it's 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 a smaller group, much smaller group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think, though, that that um, my sense is for the reptilians, and now this is speculation. The insect-like ones don't abduct people. When th- they had to have certain certain things had to. Are required to have happened before the abduction program began. These beings had to discover Earth. They had to know we were there in some way. Obviously, that had that had to ha- that had to be uh, the hybridization program. Uh, probably, well, I'll, I'll continue. I won't go into that. In order to begin the hybridization program, they had to have a workforce with them already because they don't come down and get people. They had to have a workforce. Mm-hmm. The reptilians or whoever are probably other aliens, maybe from other planets that were acquired, for but, but obviously other aliens. They are extremely alien-like. They are not like gray aliens who have vaguely human features. Uh, They're different. They're the ones that came down and got the initial humans. Brought them up, from that they made the gray aliens and then they began either to clone the gray aliens or just keep doing it to humans uh, until there was a a critical mass of gray aliens who became the workforce. And uh, my guess is though it's a process of cloning because they all pretty much look alike Act alike, Mm -hmm. think alike. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so that's how the reptilians came about. They were the first workforce. It is unfortunate that many abductees, if not most abductees, are also part of the workforce. Not that they want to be. It's the last thing in the world that they want to be, obviously. It's, it's, It's the last thing in the world that they want. Uh, and and if you read that I, I have a lot of different testimony from people and uh, several of them say I feel like I'm being a traitor to the human race you know <laughs> uh, I, they, I feel guilty that I'm helping them and, and but they can't help it. They're, they're, uh, they're, they are controlled, they are neurologically controlled they, these beings, uh, uh, all of them from hybrids up to the other hybrids up to grey aliens to the insect ones, They all have the neurological ability to control humans, and we cannot control them. Mm -hmm. That makes us, as I point out in the book, a second class species, and makes them a first class species. And the history that humans have had with lesser species has not been good. If I, I mean, it, into the present day, uh, humans are hell-bent on destroying all other life on Earth, it seems, in some way or another, uh, through the screwing up the rainforests, to killing lions in Africa, to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, uh, that's because they're third-class species, or, or whatever. Uh, even even our the second-class species, the gorillas and the chimps, they're being decimated uh, too. and uh, Now, is that the way uh, the insectilines are going to act? I don't know.
0: Sure,
1: sure. But I don't like it. I, I, got, don't a random, see.
0: I got a random question for you. This may or may not be relevant. Um, I've, I've, I don't think there's enough research there, but maybe you've seen it in your research, but a, a lot of people who are O H negative blood group, Tend to talk about being abducted more or having more abduction. Do you see any of that in the evidence? No. Be, no. Um,
1: now, I haven't it, asked everybody. I've only asked about 10 abductees. None of them had Rh negative blood. Okay. But the, the thing is this abductees ma- do not marry people for their blood type. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, like, Rh negative blood, the person's going to say, well, I'm not going to get married. Uh, you know, because you might be an abductee. They're not going to say that. They're not going to know. Most people don't even know their blood, blood type. type. Um, and um, uh, so therefore, we it's, it's not possible to see a spreading out of RH negative types throughout the society as, as abductees uh, because um, people don't know who they're getting married to. Hmm. And RH negative is not um, one of the most Im- important in uh, uh, blood bacteria. types around. Sure.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so it, it makes no sense to me considering that it's a global phenomenon. Sure. Sure. It makes I, it, it's it, it's senseless to me. Sure. sure.
0: Um, so we don't have an end game. We don't have it's not that there's not an end game there, but we just don't know what it is. We're, we're dealing with uh, a phenomenon from uh, a one-sided view we don't have the view from the other people that are doing this. there's clearly perhaps you could probably speculate then David there's clearly an agenda there yes. because they're so rigid and so repetitive and so thorough and scientific and it's like it's measurable and quantifiable in terms of the abduction analysis
1: right uh, and uh, in the last chapter of walking among us I it's all speculative Mm. Uh, and I speculate uh, on, on some simple questions that have never been asked are we the very first planet ever to have had this hybridization process going, ongoing with us and I say, give a whole bunch of reasons why that cannot be true that mm-hmm. is just not possible you know uh, and I, I talk about the scientific community too. Uh, um, scientists say things like you know, space is big. You know, the universe, it's large. Uh, even uh, the, the, the closest galaxy to us, the closest star system, whatever, you know, if you travel at the speed of light, which is fast, <laughs> fast as you can get, we think, in, in the universe, why, Yeah, you can't get here from there. You just can't get here from there. It, it's, it, it's just not possible. And, and scientists stumble on that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the answer to that is, what kind of thinking is that? That, is, that type of thinking is so stupid. Mm-hmm. The minds cannot grasp how stupid it is. Mm-hmm. The question that they have to ask is not, how can they possibly get here? They can't, therefore they aren't. The question is, are they here or not? How they get here is of no concern. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I don't care. Yeah. When people say, Gee, I wonder what planet they come from. Maybe they come from the, you know, Mars now because they found liquid, found liquid water on Mars. The answer is, it doesn't matter what planet they come from. It might be interesting to know, I'd be interested, but it doesn't matter. It's still, are they here or not? Most people don't realize that they if they come from a planet, and we can't be sure of that, but if they come from a planet, they have no way of telling us if they had the uh, they wanted to tell us what planet they come from. They'd have a name for it. It would mean nothing to everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's. I, I, it's, I look at it, it like a, this,
0: David. I I say like you know, imagine the world. It's like people are trying to explain the nuts and bolts of physics to. A level of physics that we don't even know is there or understand? And
1: of course, it's, it's it's high technology. You know, Alan Hynek, who was the, the dean of UFO researchers and consultant to the United States Air Force for UFOs from 1948 to 1969, mm. uh, put it correctly. Uh, in the United States, uh, 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 there was, of course, Benjamin Franklin. Everybody knows the name Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin was a genius. He was literally a scientific genius. He corresponded with other hugely major scientists in in, in France, in England, uh, and he he was considered one of them. He was, he was he was brilliant in his own way. Mm. Now I'm going to use a phrase that has completely dropped out of the language, that used to be used every day and is now gone. The way Alan Heineck put it. He said it would be like showing Benjamin Franklin a color TV, that's the phrase, and (laughs) asking him how it works. And the answer is, it would not be possible. Not possible, because there's levels of knowledge that he would not have to lead all the way up to a color TV, uh, to use an ancient phrase. But that's not it.
0: Uh, and a lot of that is coming from a physicist point of view, or physics point of view, I should say. I won't say physicist, physics point of view. But imagine the world before quantum physics, before 1920, before we knew about quantum physics. Um, yeah, we had inclinations around the ni- 1900s, but um, we were stuck in Newton's law of gravitation and the gravitational formulas, and then all of a sudden quantum physics t- comes around. And it turns everything upside down. The snowstorm, the little snowstorm inside the glass ball, has been shook
1: again, and we're just waiting for that to settle. this last hundred years. And yes, that's true, and people are trying to justify quantum physics and and uh, grab uh, Newtonian physics or Einsteinian physics uh, mm. together, and uh, uh, and it, it's a tough one, but they probably will do it one of these days. But um. But, um, but it doesn't but, matter. That's.
0: That's the thing. I mean, but you... I, I say that to people though, look, you know, we didn't know about quantum physics. And before 1900, we we didn't get it. And then now that we have it, it explains so many things. But people forget there was a time we didn't know about it. And there was all this exotic stuff going on. And we thought we had it all figured out. We thought we knew it all. And there was nothing the, more to discover.
1: The best way to look at this is just temporality Our technology is, let's just say it's a few hundred years old. Mm. Okay, let's just say it's a few thousand years old. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay, let's say it's 5,000 years old. At 5,000 years in cosmic time, that is not even the beginning of the blink of an eyelash. Mm -hmm. When you think about future physics, you can't think about a hundred years in the future. You've got to think, God knows when. I mean, the amount of, uh, of stuff that we don't know is limitless essentially and essentially limitless. um and because our own technology is so new you yeah. gotta remember the electronics industry as we know it now comes out of the world war ii yeah. um uh, uh i mean uh the, it's just there if, if if you're 120 years old you've lived through most <laughs> most of the technology that's been invented or let's just say 150 years old yeah, um, sure. uh, I mean it, it's it's in terms of geologic time or cosmic time it's nothing it's yeah. zero it's no technology at all considering the rapidity that things are changing even now as we speak sure
0: I want to focus on uh, the abduction case studies for walking among us um David, how, how do you I know you've done like a, some 150 plus abductees and a, over a thousand cases um, How do you choose the ones for the book? What, what was your idea or parameters for choosing the abductees that you concentrated in walking among us?
1: Yeah, I only for this book I I, I went sort of I, I, I backtracked a little bit for people who pick up this book cold and don't know about secret life and the threat and so I had to have background in it. And then I concentrated on abductees who were telling me that they were helping people move into the society. And that's, that's, that's what this book is about, mm-hmm. how they're doing it. Uh, 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 and so I thought that was important enough to deserve a book. And so what you have is people saying who are unaware of other people's testimony saying the same thing over and over again uh, in the most mundane way you could ever imagine. For example, I'll tell you one of many of these accounts. A hybrid comes down with a hybrid child. That is to say, this is a kid who's like 10 years old, and when he grows up, he's going to move in. The caretaker is not. He's, a, he's, he's less of a human. He's more just, he's got a task, he's a caretaker, he's a hybrid, to this abductee's uh, house. She takes him on a tour of the kitchen. He's extremely interested in when you pull out a drawer, the rails on the side of the drawer (laughs) fascinated him Mm -hmm. Uh, and some other stuff. They go into the living room, into the parlor, whatever, and um, there's a a couch and a poster chair and uh, the caretaker and the abductee sit on the couch and the kid goes to the chair and sits straight up Not leaning back or anything like that in the chair. And uh, the caretaker says, sit back. No, he he doesn't want to sit back. No, 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 no. He he moves back a little bit, but he's still sort of like a ramrod straight kid. uh, And so uh, this conversation goes on a little bit. And finally, the abductee realizes what's going on here. The kid is afraid to sit back because it's soft and he's afraid he's just going to go all the way back and there's nothing there that will catch him so she says no no no," to him you don't understand there's there's wood in the back of the uh, be, uh, behind the material and the padding there's wood so he gets up out of the chair and he walks around to the back and he feels it oh, oh okay and then he gets into the chair and he slowly and gingerly moves back and sits back in the chair. Who would think of a story like that? What, how does that come out of somebody's mind as an account of something? Mm-hmm. It, it would never occur to me in my life on this earth to have that as a story. But the problem here is on board a UFO, there's no padded chairs. Mm-hmm. You can sit on little flat, Raised uh, like like rectangles, like squares that come out of the out of the uh, floor, and there's no back. The only time they're ever sitting in a backing is when they're sitting on a ledge that goes up against the back of the U- of the UFO's room, sure, and sure. Um, then they can lean back. Otherwise, that's the first time that kid ever sat in an upholstered chair in his life. Wow, I would think of something like that, and I've got a lot of these kinds of accounts where. They're, they're astonishing in their mundaneness. There's gotcha, nothing yeah. spectacular. Gotcha, it's yeah. all teaching them these people how to be human.
0: Well, David, I'm over the hour already. I, I didn't mean to go over, but I'm uh, just—it's a fascinating conversation. It's a fascinating subject. I guess to wrap things up, uh, "Walking Among Us," the alien plan to control humanity. I guess would you maybe you trying to wrap up on the book and say perhaps that the integration is the key thing. It's not that the hybrids are there. It's not that the hybrid program is in effect. It's not that the hybrid program uh, we're being genetically altered or or is that it's that the integration of these hybrids into our society is the key. Is that the message of the book?
1: Yes, that is, that is the message, but why they're integrating into the society is still what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, this advances our knowledge of the abduction phenomenon f- as far as I can get. I-, I don't know if I can go any, any further than this sure. uh, uh, because um, I-, I think I've come up against a wall in terms of how much abductees know about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new stuff in there, a lot of new stuff. I see that. that, Yeah. Um, yeah, It's fascinating talking to you. It really is. Uh, Great website as well. Uh, There's a lot of background material on on David's website, so go to ufoabduction.com, you'll get articles, uh, questionnaire, if if you uh, would like to fill that in as well, obviously, uh, if you're listening to this. and A lot of articles, frequently asked questions, and there's a lot of background material there. It's a fascinating website. um, I thank you for your time today, David, it's been a fascinating talking to you, it really has.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, James, I appreciate it.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure.